Hello? That was stupidly loud. What's loud? <laughs> you putting on your headset. It was funny. Oh, really? Yeah. So you'll never guess what happens in Portal 2. Welcome to episode number 111 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, a podcast about video games, an audio magazine, I think we decided to call it, guys, an audio mag, an AM. Yeah, just, just to up the, the snobbery associated with yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, just, a, just, just a weekly audio publication uh, talking about video <laughs> games. My name is Cole Ross, and I am your host, and I am joined, as always, over Skype by... Dennis Furia. And Ben Merkel. Thank you so much for joining me tonight, you too. Well, we have a bit of a strange show uh, tonight, if you're listening uh, for the first time. This is not how things normally go. Events conspired. Uh, didn't have time to do pre-pro on the video game news for the quick hits. But, um, well, you know, no big deal, because not an awful lot happened anyway. The Wii dropped in price. Big surprise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the outline for the show goes like this. We're going to start out with what we've been playing, okay? Then we're going to take a left into, um, why don't we uh, take a left into, I want to play a game territory, okay, Dennis? Sure, sure. <laughs> All right, so we're going to continue, who am I, uh, for that. And uh, we're going to round out with the discussion about our most anticipated games. Not the most anticipated gaming podcast, that would be this. Anticipate no more, at least until <laughs> it's over with. But uh, you can ruminate on that while we play a couple of seconds of music and come back with... So guys, what you drinking? I'm drinking the same thing I'm I was sorry. last week. I don't drink on a Tuesday night. No? I bev. <laughs> you bev? Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the uh, um, the the liner for this section is going to be uh, Weezer's Beverly Hills. Except instead of just saying Beverly, I'm going to cut out the early. It's just going to be Bev Hills. <laughs> That's where I want to be. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> thank the thank you for the correction. My oversight. So how are we bevin? I mean, I'm rocking my I'm rocking my usual stees uh, with the with the rum and cokes. But uh, you know, been watching too much Trailer Park Boys. But that's just me. <laughs> well, like I said, uh, Honey Brown bought a six pack last week, and Ooh. so hopefully it will less last me less than six weeks. I might I might take two tonight. Yeah. Uh, since it's been a long day. Yeah. And just, uh, set it set it to keep eight. it. I'm, I'm mowing through that. I'm 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 dedicated to finishing it just like a Castlevania game. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. True, Thanks. true. Um and uh Ben, what up? I'm drinking a Coke right now. Nice. But that may change throughout the course of the two hours. It's a it's a it's a virgin rum and coke, don't worry. <laughs> oh man. Apparently uh like rum and coke, that's not the actual name for it. It's Cuba Libre. Really? Oh. Because uh, because it's it, it originated as a drink in uh, in Cuba uh, during the uh, Spanish uh, this, like the Spanish American War. It was originally seltzer mixed with um, rum, obviously, and um, mm -hmm. like extract from the cola nut or something like the thing that actually like gives things you know cola flavor. And uh, with I was not of aware of the existence of a cola nut. Yeah. So 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 that that's huh. that's where that came from, like back in the 1900s. Fun so times. so Cuba Libre is is Spanish for no one cares. It's just a rummy joke, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to elucidate, to elucidate and enlighten and and innovate. Dude, you have you have transcended and enlightened. Next time, next time I drink a rummy coke, it's going to be a spiritual experience. Just order that. Just just order a Cuba Libre. Cuba, Cuba, <laughs> I don't I don't know. I, I lost my I lost my pronunciation. Mini stroke. So now it's so, it feels so weird to talk about what we're playing at nine twenty at night. Usually it's later than that, but you know let's let's continue. Uh, as as we said at the at the start, we like there's no turning back now. Um, so who wants to go? I have like a bunch, and like one of them is like brands making new, like like today new. 
Um, so do you want me to go? I mean, it's going to be a bunch, but it's going to be a bunch of quick stuff. Let's, I, I'd love to hear from you. I, it sounds okay. like you got a lot of stuff to get off your chest, so we're I here do. for you. Um, yeah. you share with us. <laughs> Actually, I need to open up my Steam window because that might be the only way that I remember how I how, uh, what I played. <laughs> <laughs> I fell back into PC gaming hard. Uh, the first one that I am going to um, cock-tease you guys with is um, Portal 2. Um, you bastard. I, I waited up all last night uh, waiting for that to unlock. And uh, you know, there's there's a story about that, and that leads into some of the other games that I've been playing. Uh, but I got it about at about twelve thirty at night, and I played it for about an hour and a half, and then I played for about a half an hour today of uh, of co op. But um, at the request of, of of Ben, and I assume at the uh, um, understood request of everybody out there, I'm not going to spoil anything beyond saying it's really worth it. You know, there's so many times during the game where just I've just been smiling. It it really does. <laughs> it, it really is a game that is an engine for glee. There's just so much that's so well thought out, and so uh, so just uh, it's it's it delivers on the promise. And in fact, it makes Portal One feel like a demo. Oh God, that is. <laughs> That that is all I'm going to say about it because there's no specific aspect of it that I can allude to that will not spoil it, and I don't want to do that. You know, we'll we'll, we'll get a little bit more in depth next week once at least one of us has played it. Um, so like I said, cocktees. I is it bad that I'm wondering how late GameStop is open right now? <laughs> uh, most of them are already closed. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. I you know none none of that's hyperbole. Do you guys have any questions about it like that are not going to be spoilery? Here's um, one for you. Was the download troubled at all by the sheer volume of people? No. The nice thing about Steam is uh, um, once you pre-buy something, you can you know download it ahead of time, and that's mm. exactly what I did. You know, I had the game sitting on my hard drive, you know, two weeks ago. So oh. you, you know, it just that that's one of the nice things about it, and. Uh, the only thing that like happens when they flip the switch and everybody gets to play it is they uh, put out the decryption code and your computer goes and uh, you know decrypts it, and makes it so stuff can actually be played. So that's nice. Uh, you know, I probably I spent much more time over the weekend watching little bars fill up uh, than I did actually waiting for the game to be able to play. So there's that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, related to that is the, uh, the, the great little marketing scheme that they did, uh, starting this past Friday called Gladys at home. Uh, basically the, the conceit was at the end, for the ending of this big ARG that they were doing, you know, alternate reality, you know, reality marketing game, uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, they said Gladys needs power to reboot. So the way that you're going to help her to reboot is, uh, contribute your CPU cycles to her by playing these selected, um, indie games that are, uh, you know, available on steam. So of course you buy them and there are just whole communities popped up websites, tracking the, uh, tracking the uh, uh the progress and all of that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. uh i got a chance to play some of those really really cool games uh a couple of which i already have and some of which i uh picked up specifically for it so let's uh let's let, let's jump right into it here uh killing floor have you guys heard about this game nope yeah i have actually i've okay. heard it's good it is tremendous Nothing. oh really okay yeah uh ben killing floor uh is think um, if Left 4 Dead was developed concurrently by an indie team, okay, uh, this is what they made. Um, instead of having four people, you have six, and uh, instead of being like generic uh, dudes, you actually have like classes and perks, and it has a uh, like a um, a leveling system, kind of like a Modern Warfare game. Okay, um, so you know, and it's not just like you you select which which thing you're going to level up in it actually levels up based on your behavior so if you choose you know if you choose any kind of kit that has a pistol and you get a bunch of headshots your sharpshooter aspect levels up and it just keeps going on and on like that um really charming it takes place in uh britain and it's actually developed by british people uh so there's kind of a lot of dry british humor um especially in the incident incidental dialogue you know between the player characters and uh people seem to be really good i mean i, I was kind <laughs> of a i was intimidated you know getting into the game so late 
uh, because, you know, I was just new and I was there for that promotion. Um, but you know, they were accommodating and I felt kind of like a badass and I kind of now understand why people compulsively play modern warfare games or any games that have that kind of progression, because I was kind of like, well, I can unlock extra headshot damage if I just, you know, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. Yeah. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. I mean, is, 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 is that a draw for you too? Like, you know, when you, when you play a call of duty game, you know, the, the progression aspect of it. Oh, that's that's like the draw. Uh, it's, I don't think so for me. I've, oh. You just like I, going, you just like going in fools. I just play to dominate over other people <laughs> online. <laughs> I gotcha. Uh, I mean, I I live. Yeah, the carrot for me is play solely in the experience uh, area, and it's a game that I can uh, that I can see myself playing more of because the uh, monster design is really. Uh, good. I wouldn't say it's as good as like Left 4 Dead, as far as like these, you know, these special monsters are meant solely to test how much you're going to work together to defeat them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but they are uh, they do present an interesting challenge, and the uh, the maps are more uh, they're less linear. So like the structure of a round is you have like you know this area, this map that you're going to be wandering around, and uh, you're not progressing from point A to point B. Like in Left 4 Dead, you're moving from store to store. And, you know, there's like a there's a store where you go and, you know, you earn money by killing and not dying and all that good stuff. And you can buy ammo and stuff like that. But the store moves around the map. So when these waves start, in fact, it's kind of like a firefight in Portal or uh, in uh, in Halo um, in that, you know, it's just like wave by wave by wave. And once you once you um, survive that thing then it's like okay run to the store because it's only going to be open for another minute and a half and then you prepare for the next wave then the store is always by some kind of place where you can defend yourself and uh you know it's really wide open and there's lots of choke points that you have to uh that you have to look after and you can go lone wolf but it's really not a good idea as is generally the case in most of these things nice yeah um i picked it up for like 10 bucks um which you know is unfortunately below my threshold of like noticing that that's a thing that costs money (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so but uh I've, I've enjoyed it and i can see myself you know at least dip, at least you know dipping my toe in uh every once in a while again uh moving on to the next one this one's going to be real short there's a, a neat little indie game called toki tori t-o-k-i-t-o-r-i um mm-hmm. it's it's a platform puzzler kind of thing you're a, you're a bird who has to uh walk around a map and collect eggs um, and you have like different tools and think it, it really reminded me of something that you would have played on the library, uh, back in, uh, back in like, you know, grade school, elementary school. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's, it's clearly like intended for kids to a certain extent because, um, you know, it's really bright and the, and the puzzles, at least the ones that I saw, you know, the, it wasn't, it wasn't incredibly difficult to solve them, but, uh, mm-hmm. it was, it, it was neat. And it, you know, it, it affords you ample opportunity to, to mess up and to go back to it so that's that's brilliant i I just have to say you know glados says go play barbie horse rider and thousands of hardcore gamers flock to uh (laughs) but it's but it's fun you know i mean it's neat it it, it strikes me as you know maybe maybe two notches below pop cap quality okay okay if uh if if pop cap did you know things that weren't as uh kind of focused as what they do Two notches yeah. below PopCap is still pretty good in my book. Yeah, and uh, you, keep in mind, you know, I don't have a, I don't have an awful lot of skin in the game. I got it for like two dollars and fifty cents. Although, I mean, you kind of have to consider the uh, the notch to HSQ ratio. Yes, this is true. And in uh, uh, depending on whether you're in metric or <laughs> in standard, that could be that could be different. H- HSQ for anybody who doesn't know, it's the holy shit quotient. um and the last one speaking of holy shit quotient at least from the uh from the uh gladys at home experiment um amnesia my good friend amnesia uh the dark descent the scariest game i've played in at least three years um oh yeah 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 i started going back through and playing it uh with the commentary on because they have uh, a really cool uh system that's kind of like portal had on the orange box where, you, where when you turn it on, different areas will have like little icons that are floating. Yeah. And when you hit them, you get one of the developers kind of talking about the game or the area that you're in or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I played through the first couple levels with that on. Kind of kills the suspense a little bit, but being that I've already played it, 
and you know i'm not that inclined to be scared by a situation i've seen before mm-hmm. that uh uh didn't take too much away from it still you know an incredibly atmospheric game still uh i consider it a must play um especially if you uh, uh like games that affect your emotional state um but I noticed something in the launcher. There was a little button that uh, that that had the name Justine written written across it. I was like, "Oh, that's kind of odd." Um, see, for this Gladys at Home thing, they added a bunch of uh, special patches to these games to make them uh, either portal themed or portal related. Really? So basically, Valve took the tools that uh, that. Uh, uh, oh gosh, I forget the name of the company. The, took the tools that the Amnesia developer had uh, had used initially, and they made their own little sequence. And it was a series of test chambers, kind of like Portal. And you had a disembodied voice who spoke to you by means of uh, wax cylinders in like little phonograph machines, a la huh. Glados. And you were tasked with, um, you know, a avoiding the monsters, but also, you know, using the physics and using puzzle solving and looking at the notes to, uh, to save the lives of uh, um, men that were captured. You know, just like, really? oh, just like that. Uh, the only crappy thing about it that like kind of soured me on the whole thing. And the reason why I didn't beat it, is that uh, you can't save, and when you die, you're dead, and you have to go back to the beginning. Really? Yeah. Which, you know, it's a relatively short thing. It would probably take you about 30 minutes on a straight run-through. But on my fourth try, I was like, you know what, I've I've seen enough. Because once a monster sees you and, like, comes <clears> after <throat> you, there's almost nothing you can do about it. And in the regular game, when you can go back to a, to a, to a checkpoint... It's not really a problem because oh i died let me get my breath back together and we're gonna go try it again be a little bit more stealthy this time with a new pair of pants yes <laughs> <laughs> well there's that sound kicks in that crazy like siren sound you hear the monster like growling and coming after you and just gnashing its teeth and scraping its arms against up the walls and yeah, it's just it's just a, it's just a really really scary game and uh just it it kind of takes a little bit of the fun out of it when I have to play those first fifteen minutes again, and fifteen minutes is a really long time, mm-hmm. especially so, once it's not scary anymore. Yeah, so you know maybe people who are more skilled than I, uh, they they'll they'll be able to uh, to to you know not suck as much as I did, but as it stands, meh. You you mentioned that you're trying to save people. Did Amnesia have a lot of other people in it? It, it seemed to me like it was a pretty isolated experience. Not till the end. Like you do encounter like one or two other people. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about under what circumstances, um, mm-hmm. but it's nowhere near as pressing. I kind of like think uh, think Portal meets Saw, based on ba- yeah. you know, ba- based on like the the deviousness of the puzzles and and, and all of that. Um, okay. Yeah. That that's about what it was, and it didn't seem like out of character or whatever, especially with the fiction. Basically, you're being tormented by this woman. You're 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 a girl yourself, although I'm pretty sure that the woman in the in the photographs is you, and uh, the people that you're you know killing, at least as revealed by the notes, are former suitors of the woman on the uh, on the uh, um, phonograph. And Whoa. I'm pretty sure it's you know you, and you know you have amnesia, and you can't figure it out. So, oh, well, um, so that's all the potato sack games I played, uh, you know, uh, kind of overarched by the general trend of watching those little bars fill up. I think when they announced that it was going to open up well, like on, on Friday, when they said, Hey, this is how it's going to work. People thought it was going to be opened up over the weekend. I was a little bit disappointed that it didn't, um, mm-hmm. open up you know, before Monday night or Tuesday morning early on, depending on what it was. But when you're dealing with an insane AI, um, who is known for, you know, kind of dicking you over. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the thing. So I'm going to, I realize I'm going long here. So I'm going to, uh, fast forward through these next two, uh, that I have. Again, I told you I've been really busy. Um, yeah, sounds like it. Also from frictional games. Yeah. That's, uh, the amnesia people, frictional games, uh, Penumbra Overture which I got in the Humble Bundle, but then didn't play forever. Uh, I've been playing that, and that is um, balm for my soul in that it's as scary as Amnesia um, with the added benefit of, like, I feel like the fiction's just a little bit stronger, even though the graphics aren't as great. Um, yeah, it's really, really good. Hmm. 
yeah so uh you get, if you guys have that from the humble bundle i, I recommend you give it another shot i have, I I have a question oh do. when you get underground and you get in that first room where there's like the two rooms next to one another yeah where do you where do you go from there okay you need to pick up a metal bar that's on the floor Okay. Um, and then you go into the second room. That's a storeroom behind the uh, the one of the bookshelves that's on the far wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to pull the bookshelf out. There's going to be some rotten boards that you can pry open. I got stuck there too, actually. Okay. So, um, and it was only after I you know stepped away from it for a year that I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so at this rate, I will have this game beaten by by yeah, the time my grandkids born. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, um, and then the last one, what am I looking at here? I had others like from the most recent humble bundle, but not going to talk about those finished up machinarium actually. Did you beat it? Yes. Oh, don't tell me how it ends. I'm not going to tell you how it ends. I'll just say that it remains strong throughout. And, uh, some of those last puzzles are a bitch, but Yeah. yeah, the, uh, the, the soundtrack to that game has been my ambient listening for, uh, for at least a week now. It's that good. So, oh yeah. Yeah, if I'll I'll piggyback my comment on because I I too went back to Machinarium. Okay. Uh, this week at at kind of being inspired by your talking about it last week made me nostalgic, <laughs> and uh, I think that's that's the personality of the game. I feel like even after only having it for a couple months, I can get nostalgic about it. Uh, you know, says something. But anyway, um, you you talk about you know only, excuse me only needing a year for something to you know to realize the answer to a puzzle and it's completely true i got stuck in machinarium uh walked away from it for months and months and finally came back to it and the answer was so simple (laughs) and i had spent hours trying to figure out and it was the dumbest easiest little thing and just oh can kind of you... like you're like yes at the same time you like want to punch yourself for not <laughs> before. <laughs> okay, um, how far in? How far in is this? And do you feel comfortable like alluding to what the puzzle is? The elevator, getting the elevator to work. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that one is kind of tough. You have to look at the. Okay, I, I don't. I don't want to spoil it. Well, <laughs> it, it, no, it wasn't. It wasn't even looking at the the patterns correctly. Okay. Yeah. It was simply getting the item necessary to create the patterns oh which is an incredibly simple thing to do <laughs> that for whatever reason i couldn't figure out so like, you were like right up at the end too yeah i i, I think i might be really really close because I, I got a couple stages past that okay um but i i still have not beaten it okay yeah and it's, it's just a matter of i haven't had a chance to go back after my yeah. last play session it's definitely one of those games that's uh, that's uh, at different times vexing and uh, just uh, really enjoyable and uh, very feel good. Did you did you have any more? I did not. Um, I you know play a little you know nothing of any substance beyond that. This mm-hmm. is I think this has been the most fruitful gaming week that I've I've had in a long time, at least yeah. as far as uh, volume goes. <laughs> ben, ben, do you mind if I since I'm already talking? Do you yeah, mind go for I... it. All right. Well, um, as I alluded to earlier, I platinumed Castlevania. Woohoo! Yeah! Uh, go me! Go me! Go! Oh wait, can, no one's impressed by that. Can, can I? Uh, <laughs> can, can I? Can I reiterate my comments on Twitter? Please. Go outside. Yeah, I. <laughs> I, I believe that's that's the DLC. Outside is the DLC. <laughs> yeah, I. This I'll tell you what it was totally worth it though. There was no point where trying to get this platinum felt just like grinding, you know. It stayed it stayed fresh fresh and fun throughout. So I uh, I I have no regrets on beating the game. I feel like I've mastered something. I've conquered it. I you know everything shows a hundred and ten percent, and I I did everything I could do in the game. I, I sent it back with a clean conscience. No, <laughs> that there was no aspect of that game that I had not explored. So, you well, knew every single inch of it. Okay. Yes, I well, except for the DLC, but okay. that's I you know, I I have conflicting feelings because the ending of Cas- this Castlevania game, this is Lords of the Shadow, is somewhat confusing. And it's I found out just by reading the interwebs that um the DLC actually explains the ending. Oh. And I just thought that was crap. It's like okay, I could understand if you wanted to do an ending that's like 
confusing and oh what's really going on here in setting up for the sequel but to do an ending like that purely for the reason of hey I'll sell you the rest of the story <laughs> seemed a little low you know that's what they did with Alan Wake really yeah oh I mean the the ending to Alan Wake was suitable for the entire story like nothing that happened at the very end of that was out of character mm-hmm. um yeah, because it's just a it, when something takes its you know inspiration from Twin Peaks and Stephen Peake or Stephen King, you're you're mm-hmm. you're going to expect a certain amount of both ambiguity and you know what the fuckingness. Yeah, um, <laughs> and uh, but having only played the first DLC episode, the extension beyond what it was, it felt a little bit hollow. In that, I was very satisfied with where it had ended, even though it was ambiguous. So. Okay. It's almost like they took away the magic by explaining. A little bit. And admittedly, I, you know, I'm telling tales out of school because I, uh, I need to play the last piece of DLC before I can say, oh, they ended it bad. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, but I finished Castlevania and, um, highly recommend it, but send it back. Uh, Well taken care of. It's, it's really interesting. Just like what, you know, achievements and trophies have done how that metagame has become its own design challenge because like oh, yeah. they didn't have to make the, you know, platinuming that game enjoyable, mm-hmm. but there were, there was something that they did. There was probably a conscious choice. Cause I, I doubt that would have happened by accident. There was some kind of choice that they made that made that enjoyable. And I would like to know what it, what it was because you never felt like anything was, you know, unnecessary. Right. I think it was as simple as, hey, let's put this within reach, and let's let's make all of the trophies related to something that you were rewarded in the game for. Okay. So there's there's no random, hey, kill 50,000 of this enemy type where you have to go grind. <laughs> it's all related to in-game incentives. Okay. And I think I think that's what's did it. What did it is. You know, you're not rewarded for breaking the game or doing something a lot or, you know, doing something incredibly hard that you wouldn't normally be asked to do. Okay. Um, it's it's all stuff that is is stuff you would want to do anyway. So, like, one, one way to, like, phrase that is, you know, it's almost like the the achievements or the trophies themselves have a tangible reward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because it's it's it's... You know, the, you get the trophy for it, but there's also in-game yeah. uh, some objective that you're completing that has, has that tangible relevance. Have uh, so, uh, Ben, have you platted a game? I forget. I, I remember that we talked about this, but I, I, I can't remember. Uh, we mentioned that I had beat Grand Theft Auto's 100%, okay. and those also had tangible rewards in the game. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was just... Re, you know, re, 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 rewind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then there's there's one more game that I tried. It's actually it's actually a newer game. Um, Battlefield Play for Free came out uh, very recently. Bar? Like and, Battlefield Heroes or? Uh, pretty much like think Battlefield Heroes had a cool older brother in okay. high school. Um, so same same concept. It's a play for free game that you download and launch from your browser. From what I understand, I never played Battlefield 2, but from what I understand is this is just three multiplayer maps taken from Battlefield 2. Okay. And you are you're given a basic class and, and basic weaponry for free, and you can play as much as you want. Um, but should you ever want to upgrade to better guns or unique character skins or extra classes, that sort of thing, you would need to um, expend battle funds. Uh-huh. Um and space these bucks. are space bucks, exactly, which you can theoretically earn in game, or you can pay to uh, to purchase and then spend, uh, just like you would with with uh, Microsoft points or whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. So I won for let's let's talk about the game mm-hmm. for a an older video game. This is this is an excellent little multiplayer shooter. Is this run in the in the browser? It's got its own little window, but I'm pretty okay. sure it's, you know, there's there's minimal downloading to your computer. Done. Oh, man. All I remember is, like, I didn't upgrade my computer for that, but, uh-huh. oh, God, when did that come out? Like, 2005? Battlefield 2? Yeah, I remember uh, being very proud that my computer could run that. <laughs> at, like, yeah. medium settings. 
And now, and now it's like, hey, a little crap, crap that book can can put this thing through its paces. What games do you play? Oh, Farmville, Peggle, Battlefield. <laughs> Farmville, Peggle, and Battlefield. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't have the flash or the polish of, of a newer shooter, but I don't think anyone expects that going in. In terms of the, the options that are made available to you for free, I think that they're more than um, enough in the hands of a competent player. So I never felt jilted simply because, um, you know, I, someone was playing with a paid-for weapon. Mm-hmm. never felt like I lost that battle because I spent less money. Um, this this might go to my mindset because I'm doing this whole thing in Modern Warfare 2 where I'm playing through using only secondary weapons. Okay. But now when I die, it's not, oh, this guy was equipped better than me. It's I didn't maneuver well enough. Okay. And so I don't I don't know if it's a perspective unique to me because I'm already used to fighting with <laughs> inferior weapons, or if uh, that sounds so pompous. I'm I'm used to doing more with less. So <laughs> I don't know if y'all's can hack it, um, but I don't know what accent it's, that is. It suffices. Yeah, and um, there there's plenty of people playing. I had absolutely no trouble hopping into a game and having some fun and hopping out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, there's a leveling system but that really doesn't affect anything except for your battle funds. And it's a way to, I think, control your intake. So, hey, you'll get the first couple of levels fairly fast so that you get some battle funds to spend. We'll get you hooked on this new drug, and then we'll space the levels out really far so that you can't <laughs> uh, can't earn enough to support your habit. And that's when you pay regular money. Yeah. So uh, just, just avoid um, spending battle funds in the first place. And you're good. And you're good. So by no means would I expect this to replace a a newer, more polished shooter. But for someone like me who has a low-end computer and a, uh, a, a craving for blowing up some pixels, mm-hmm. uh, it, it does just fine. Nice. What's the name of it again? Battlefield Play for Free, and four is the number four. That sounds like... Okay. That sounds like something you like find written on the side of a Soviet like so Soviet crate. <laughs> like now you know like oh battlefield pray for free, but just it's such a generic title. It's kind of like if you had just like just like a like a like a bag of bread that just had wheat loaf written across it. Yeah. it just... In communist Russia, free <laughs> plays for you. It's just like not paying for my games. That's socialism, Mr. Obama. Um but uh right. um yeah, no, that's just funny. I, I doubt it's. I mean, it's an apt title, but it's also kind of. I think the least inspired thing I've ever heard. It's a. We, we didn't feel like hiring an agency for this one. Yeah. Title. Oh well. It's you know honestly I don't know I could care less what a game's title is you know <laughs> yeah but yeah, I wonder just because I'm a marketing major what kind of effect the right title has on people. <laughs> I'm just like they say judge a book by its cover, but at the same time, you know, we all do. So, well, would you, you know, would you, would you play a game that was called Mister Dick Knows Doesn't Like Black People? <laughs> Out of sheer curiosity, <laughs> it's a, um, it's a, uh, it's a kind of a, a parabolic function where, at very, very high levels of polish, it's the the interest is very level high. Medium levels of polish for the name, you're kind of like, meh, don't really care. But then as you go into the negatives, that parabolic function comes back up, and it's like, as the name just gets worse and worse, your interest yeah. in playing it starts to spike again. <laughs> Shitboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just I can think of I can think of a bunch of terrible titles. I mean. <laughs> I think I think we have a business model. Hey, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I just uh, man, PC PC shooters. It takes me back because I used to be much more into that than I am. And uh, you know, the big rush that I did on Steam, I was like, hmm, Killing Floor is fun. How about I jump into Team Fortress Two again? And uh, got my ass thoroughly kicked. But I'm like, oh no, don't don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. No, that's not why I left. I'm like I, hmm. I'm 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 bad because I did leave. I just man, uh, Team Fortress. It's my it's my life and my blood. I can play shooters on PC. I can't play them on consoles. That's my only thing. So, and that's not cool. like a brrr, It's mouse and keyboard. <laughs> I have to. Brrr, I need mouse and keyboard. That was brrr. that was the, that was actually really weird for me uh, um, when I when I was playing Battlefield uh, Play for free. Yep. 
uh, was that uh, zooming and firing, zoom is right button, fire is left button. Mm-hmm. And so I'm using using two fingers on the same hand, where for the longest time I've always been using L1 for aim and R1 for fire. Okay. That actually that took a very conscious adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. So just... the consummate console gamer switching over. Like for like for some reason like like aiming a cursor or or aiming the reticle with a with with a control stick it kind of feels like um, I'm not actually pointing where it's going to be looking it feels like I've got a like picture picture a, 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 an air hockey puck on an air hockey table mm-hmm. and like you know there's a mark that I need to put it over it like whereas with mouse and keyboard. I or like you know controlling it with a mouse. I put my hand on top of it and I you know push it over. And, you know, like I slide it with my hand on top and then right where it needs to be, and then boom, there we go, headshot. Um, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> playing it on a on a on, on, with a control stick, you know, like Call of Duty or Halo or whatever, it kind of feels like I'm nudging it at the edges and I'm always overshooting where I need to be. And it's it's not good. It, it doesn't feel like I'm controlling it. It feels like I'm suggesting what it should do. <laughs> that's that's a good good way to put it, and probably why you see so much auto aim. <laughs> probably why you see so much what? Auto aim or aim assist in console gaming? Yeah. The, the, it's it's like the auto tune of of this of the game world. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's what I've been playing. Uh, okay. Got myself into a little bit of shooting action and uh, and finished an excellent excellent. Action fighting game. Yeah, you're gonna have a hole in your life after uh, after after the uh, Castlevania. There's nothing left to do. You know. There, oh, he... oh, there's there's Dead Rising, my friend. Oh, and he wept for there were no more lands to conquer, <laughs> <laughs> except zombie-filled ones. So oh, which for that. is it? Two, two, oh, yeah, two. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I am. Too late. I, I will do a very brief side note. I tried to download and play a free um, MMO called uh, Spiral Knights on okay. recommendation from David, my roommate, and could not get it to launch. Downloaded <laughs> it, um, and then it just perpetually crashed. This so I was just like, sucks. F this. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do something else. Uh, and hence me finding Battlefield Play for free. Nice. Yep. Neato. Ben, what up? What up? How's it going? I'm doing okay. What's new? Well, I'm just wondering what you're playing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... You know, the huge. Uh, <laughs> if you remember a week ago, minutes after we ended uh, the show, I sent both of you guys a text, uh, something along the lines of, I'm pretty impressed by Little Big Planet. Mm. You guys, do you guys remember that? Yeah, uh, I remember I you saying you wanted to show me the Silent Hill level. Yeah, the, it was one of the first levels I played. It was uh, a fan's. It was a fan's level that they made of Silent Hill, the first game. Mm-hmm. And it was just really impressive. I really enjoyed it. Um, Did they do the whole thing? It, yeah, it goes through. It's, you start off, you know, a car wreck, go through the town, uh, things go to black, you wake up, you're in a diner, you go through a school, you go through a hospital. Yeah, so like... That's, that's fucking nuts. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was pretty cool. And so uh, I was really impressed by that. Um, I looked around found a shadow of the colossus level that uh <laughs> and it's it's like a set of uh it's the first four bosses of shadow of the colossus mm-hmm. and they are all like very well done like they themselves are like their own puzzles to figure out and but it it was very impressive very impressive right and like there's so many like nice fine details on it. After you beat it the first time, you get a sticker, and it unlocks a time attack mode that you can do. <laughs> and when you do that, it's sepia toned, and you know it gets a race in the in the same vein as Little Big Planet. Like a lot of they have a lot of race sections, you know. Uh-huh. Um, when after you kill a Colossus, you kill a Colossus by like going to the part on their body that's the weak spot, and then holding on to that spot, and then black blood squirts out. Oh God. Um, and then uh, after you kill a Colossus, uh, it takes you to – it spawns you uh, – well, it kills you after they die. Um, <laughs> and then it spawns you above this place where there's a bunch of statues, and you'll see the one of them blow up, and then it'll let you out. And uh, there's, like, uh, a spot on a bed where there's, a, like, a female body and stuff, and it's, it's fantastic, you know? Nice. So, Sounds like a very faithful reproduction. Yeah, 
Yeah, and um, outside of that, played a little bit of Modern Warfare 2. That's about it. Oh. So, it's been a light week. Yeah, well, but, I uh, mean, you know, you have an excuse. You're, you know, a productive member of society. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. That's cool. Well, hopefully you'll have Portal 2 uh, soon, and we can hopefully, and, and we can uh, talk with Reckless Abandoned about that. So now we are going to uh, kick off a segment of the show, fondly known as "I Want to Play a Game." <laughs> And uh, we we will get Christian Bale to do that for us one day when we blow up and show up. <laughs> I know, guys. Turn this around. Yeah, yeah. So um, in this game, you may have seen it on uh, certain improv shows. One of my co-hosts will be playing a character taken from the realm of video games and given a unique twist. The other co-host will then interview this character, and after a couple of questions, attempt to guess who this character is. And uh, since we are trying to guess who they are, this title or this uh, this game is known as "Who Are You." Hmm. Who, 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 who? All right. <laughs> so we have we've already decided order. Ben, you will be in character first, and Cole, you will be interviewing first. Okay. So uh, take a second, get yourselves in the mind frame, and have at it. Mm, rubber spoon. Ready to pwn, ready to pwn. Rubber spoon. Okay, here we go. All right, beloved audience, it's just you and me right now. Ben will be playing a sixth grader who is playing Modern Warfare 2 and insulting everyone that he kills. Oh, Noobs. so how... how <laughs> so how... Noobs. <laughs> So how how are how are you, friend? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm kind of. I mean, I'm a little bit busy, but I mean, what's up? What's up? I mean, what'd you do today? Noob. Noob. All right. Sorry. What? Uh, what'd you? <laughs> what, what'd you? What, what did you do today? I have been killing noobs all day long. What have you been doing? Can Can you define noob for me? I mean, what do you think a noob is? Come on. I, I don't. I don't. I've. I've. I mean, human. Oh, human he hacked. <laughs> sorry. 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 <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. What do you like, are, are you are you seem pretty distracted? Oh, what are you? Pwned him from across the level. Pwned him from across the level. <laughs> oh man. Well, what 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 level? Like, are you are you playing a game right now, or are you doing a are you doing a thing? I'm I'm doing a thing. You're doing, a, doing thing? a thing. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure because it kind of sounds like you're playing a game, or that you think you are. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean. Uh, so, like, when you say gun, are you shooting a gun of some sort? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. What, uh, what, like, what's, the, what's the name of the gun that you're, that you're shooting? That's so cheap. That was cheap. <sighs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Are you a new recruit in uh, in Call of Duty who uh, who 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 is uh, who has massive misconceptions about how war works? <laughs> no. Getting close. Uh, Here, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'm going to jump in with the assist. Jimmy, Jimmy, come take out the trash. Shut up, mom. <laughs> Stop talking. Mom, shut up. I have one you more level what? to play. She, she, she puts a roof over your head. <laughs> I, I, okay. I, 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 I stand by my answer. How, how old? How old is this? You, you guessed right. You got a, you got a, you got a person playing. Um, when you say Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, same thing. But um, how old is this person? He is a, he is like thirteen. <laughs> Correct. Is it, was was I right on thirteen? That's it. Ben was playing a sixth grader playing Modern Warfare Two and insulting everyone ah, who he okay. kills. I gotcha. All right. <laughs> For the record, I was actually playing Call of Duty and I went seven and two. By the way, <laughs> as I said last, I I cannot act, so I need to be doing. Whatever I'm doing, <laughs> you just loaded up the game and started playing. That's dedication. Yeah, you're, you know what you are, Ben. You're method. I'm very. I'm a method actor. You're, you're a method man. That's why I can never get the role as a director killer. <laughs> oh wow, that's gonna make mine difficult. Excellent. Yeah, you've. Well, I I sent Cole one that I, I thought would be 
uh, a nice challenge. So we'll, we'll see how this one goes. Okay. So we will we will now cut over and flip roles, and Ben, you will now be interviewing Cole, who is in character. All right, just you and me again. Cole will be playing a big daddy who is new and not very good at his job. We started now? Yeah, why not? Go. Cole, how you doing? Oh man, I'm 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 in way over my head, man. Uh boy, I just uh have you I miss seeing the sunlight more than anything. I I I just uh I don't know if I'm cut out for this. Are you a Goomba again, but in the, in the sewers? Well, what's what's a goon? You know, I don't I don't have time for your bullshit questions. Uh, I, okay, I guess I guess what I'm sorry. I'm under a lot of I'm under a lot of stress here. Uh, my bosses are are really riding riding my ass. Uh, he's just a real he's a real jerk. This real libertarian asshole. He thinks that if you're not, he calls me a parasite a lot. I just. You know that, that that kind of that kind of cuts deep, but okay. I guess here's my here's my real question. Um, have you seen a little girl somewhere? Because uh, I, what is she, what does she look like? Well, I, I I lost her. I think you know she has a she has a penchant for um, running into into vents and stuff. I don't I don't know. She's just a, uh, uh, just a little just a little fucker. Uh, she. Uh, Okay. You know, I should have gone yeah. into dentistry. What did, what did she but... look like? Was she kind of pale? <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, she, she she's a little. I mean, most of us are. You know, being you know, be, being being where we live and yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and work. yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just uh, you know, I tried to keep track of her, but you know, there was just uh, the other guys. They were kind of they were kind of bugging me. Uh, okay, all right, I was napping. Um, my fault, whatever. <laughs> I didn't think she was going to go off and look for a dead body like that. But, you know. All right, we're, we're going to cut it right there. <laughs> All right, Ben, do you have a guess for, for who Cole is? I feel like Cole, well, I mean, I would have, I knew this about Cole already. He's a big daddy. <laughs> a big daddy and, who? And, and um, uh, yeah, how, how long is he doing his job? I guess he's been working too long. He's he's sleeping on the job, so he's pretty used to it, I guess. But I don't know who his boss is. Andrew Ryan. All right. I don't. I guess I didn't pay enough attention while playing Bioshock. <laughs> we got you got it ninety percent there. The last percent was that he's he's new on the job. Oh, okay. So oh, I, was I, was play, I, was, I was playing him Go more ahead. as incompetent. <laughs> well, that, that was my reading of that. Maybe, maybe Ben has been influenced by the recent uh, air traffic controllers who have been sleeping on the job here. Oh, I'm yeah. too familiar with this job. <laughs> yeah, so that was a a big daddy who is who is new on the job and not doing very well. Nice. Okay. Very good. Yeah. I, I think that was a let's call that a second of I want to play a game a success. <laughs> All right, now we're here at the uh, final segment of the show. This is being recorded later. We had to abandon the Skype call because the quality of the call was uh, dropping quite precipitously. Didn't have an opportunity through the rest of the night to do it, so we're going to be doing this just a little bit differently. The discussion question for this week was inspired by my wait for Portal 2, uh, which you heard about earlier in the episode there. Um, And I want to ask you which... Uh, game in your past did you anticipate the most Um, and we solicited answers from the listeners which I will be reading as we go about here but uh, we also um, had Ben and Dennis record their own responses to the question here Um, you know not being able to record them live uh, because again Skype kind of sucks for doing this kind of thing but you know we deal with it so uh, let's do one of the listener responses right now. Let's see. This is Christina, who says, I've never anticipated a game as much as I am anticipating the new Mortal Kombat right now. Uh, when we recorded this, or when I asked the question, rather, and she responded, we were um, <laughs> actually still waiting for the new Mortal Kombat to drop. I'd like to see what she thinks about that. I'm actually kind of interested in that, but, uh, you know. It's been a really long time since there has been a good, uh, capital G, underscore the rest, good Mortal Kombat game. And uh, I can understand that, especially um, 
if you're looking to get back to a part of your childhood, that would be uh, important. And I can understand the anticipation for that. Now let's see what uh, what Ben has to say. All right. Games that I've been excited about. I thought about this one for a little while. Um, the one game I could come up with was Halo 2. And that came out when I was in high school still. So I think I was... I think I was a senior in high school, maybe. But uh, that was one game that I was looking forward to for a really long time. Uh, I didn't pre-order it, but I think um, my mom pre-ordered it for me for my birthday. So, um, And then I remember when I first got it, you know, like playing through the campaign was like a really big deal. And then beating it, I think I beat it, you know, like within a couple days of getting it. So that was a very exciting time. Other than that, um, most of the times I don't, Wait. I don't exactly wait for the games to come out on the day that they come out or whatever, but usually I'll pick up games after hearing other people talk about them. Uh, so what I'm thinking of is like Modern Warfare 2 or, uh, in this case, Portal and Portal 2. Most of those games, you know, like there was a lot of buzz around when they came out, and so those, that kind of generated excitement for me to get them. Another one, too, was Halo 3. Uh, when that came out, I remember all my roommates uh, offered... I think we were, weren't doing anything on one Sunday night. So my roommates offered to drive me to Meyer if I would buy the game. And so I ended up doing that, and we all came back and watched the first couple missions of it. And it was really cool for its time, so that was pretty fun. But yeah, I think that's the the best I can come up with. Thanks, Ben. Uh, that actually lines up really nicely with another listener response that we got. This one's from Colin, who said, uh, Halo 2. That was the beginning of the end, and he didn't go on to uh, elaborate on the end of what his uh, his his enthusiasm for for video games or his enthusiasm for um, Halo Two in general. I remember being really excited for Halo Two because uh, Halo was such a social thing, um, and I think that's the most social I've ever really been um, with with video with, you know with video games. Thinking back to days in high school, like Ben, uh, you know, said right there. Uh, more with college that way but uh just yeah it was kind of a it was kind of a thing in the in the in the desperate lead up with the group of people that i played with that full disclosure colin was a part of um you know i was working at uh undisclosed video game retail place at the time and that was an interesting uh lead up uh probably one of the biggest launches i've ever worked as well and uh when Colin says the beginning of the end, actually, I think I know kind of what he's talking about because, um, it wasn't the same as Halo one or, um, any of the, or the, or the way we expected it to be, I suppose. And so that's the, uh, the double edged side of, uh, um, anticipation is that probably you're going to be disappointed and that is unfortunate. And we hope that that is not the case as many times as not. Now let's see what, uh, what Dennis has to say here. So my most anticipated game, at least in, in recent memory, is a game that Ben uh, talked about earlier, which is Little Big Planet. Um, I think the big thing that hyped me up for it was watching the E3 coverage. They used the level design system in the game to actually build a level showing off the new Greatest Hits line. So wh- whatever year Little Big Planet came out um, was the same year that they debuted the greatest hits for PlayStation 3 and it just blew my mind to see um, a level created very specifically around you know a, a theme that would not be considered a core game uh, gameplay element you know it's it's demoing a new line of products something almost completely unrelated to a video game and yet here they were they had made this a very dynamic walkthrough presentation um, or waddle through or whatever Sackboy does um, but this very dynamic walkthrough presentation um, using just the game's uh, capabilities and so I think that day I went home and started like doodling out my level ideas even before I got my hands on the game because I was so excited for it and so I had all these little ideas for platforming sections and how stuff was going to look and the I, I made up my own little shorthand system for how you know different stuff would connect to each other, and so it was like a a squiggly line for a direct relation, and then a a dotted line for another kind of relation, or you know stuff like that. 
So <laughs> I had this this whole sketchbook full of ideas before I even got my hands on the game. And then I was lucky enough to get in on the beta. And that was just a huge amount of fun. Um, feeling like I was in on something special made me all the more excited for the full game. And I, uh, I played it extensively. I think I jumped pretty much straight into create mode. And spent a lot of time co-creating with my roommates at the time. So I had, a, I had a very generic idea for a level that paid homage to Batman, uh, specifically Batman Begins. And so we started out by just building together the, the mountain that, uh, that he has to climb with the blue flower in the beginning, and then a temple for him to fight his way through, and, and all this stuff. I, the, the level never made its way to the light of day. But just the fun that we had playing around with this entirely new creation system um, and, and both being completely unfamiliar with it and yet picking it up and being able to make a game um, was just incredibly empowering. And I was practically, you know, bouncing in my seat uh, waiting for this game to come out. And so I went uh, the first day it was available to pick it up. And I think it was, it was actually um, next to a new copy of Fallout 3. So Fallout 3 had just come out that day. And I was I was momentarily tempted to go for Fallout 3 because that had also looked very cool. But the the experience of seeing what it could do at E3 combined with my own hands-on uh, playtime and the extensive amount of sketches that I had to bring to life uh, swayed me towards picking up Little Big Planet 2. So I fell completely... Uh, victim to that game's hype cycle, and it, it actually delivered. You know, it, you you heard Ben talk about the amazing things that he's seen done with this game, so it was not oversold in any way, shape, or form. And the wait, while excruciating, was totally worth it. Thanks, Dennis. Yeah, um, getting <laughs> it's 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 funny because it stands to reason that you know actually playing the game before it comes out, or at least the part you're really interested in, in that case, the creation mode. Um, it stands to reason that playing that ahead of time would diminish your waiting just a little bit. It's like, oh, no, I know what this is. There, there, There's no unknown. In that case, it seemed like it kind of amplified it for you. Now let's get a response from Twitter. This is Toledo8904, if I'm reading that number correctly. If I'm not, sorry. <laughs> but uh, he says, Mass Effect 1 from the way too early previews until release, my PC background was of Shepard. Totally worth it. Now, it's funny uh, when he talks about that because, you know, for as much as I love on Mass Effect in general on this show, I never really anticipated both of those. I, uh, I, I bought Mass Effect 1 on a whim, and I really liked it, but not enough to play it. And I bought Mass Effect 2 um, after having not looked at a lot of the preview coverage a because i didn't want to spoil it for myself and the eventuality that i did play it but b it didn't seem like a priority and uh, as soon as i heard people talking about it on podcasts like it was the second coming not just of mass effect um i needed to go out and get it so my favorite games uh potentially of all time bought entirely on a whim and they were your most wanted game so hey neat how that works oh man so uh let's take a look at mine here let's start with the most recent one and i'll go back into uh, uh let's go back in time after that because the first one is related just a little bit to uh mass effect now mass effect came out on november 20th of 2007 and so did uh my most recently most anticipated game um rock band november 20th uh in case you don't know it's my birthday i was super amped that my most anticipated game was going to be coming out on my birthday uh so much so that i didn't mind working the midnight release at undisclosed video game retail location and uh oh my gosh the lead up to that this from the second i heard it was announced that you would be able to do a full band play on all these really really great songs from a lot of my favorite bands i was like super pumped about it um ask anybody you know or go back and listen to any episodes of the podcast i am really enthusiastic about music games i still am it's really sad to see where they're at right now but you know as kurt Vonnegut says so it goes um but at the time it was just uh man it was it was ascendant <laughs> and it was kind of actually uh man tempered by the fact that a couple of weeks before um 
my Xbox three sh- uh, 360 shit the bed with the lights on. Um, <laughs> I got my first Red Ring of Death to uh, almost two years to the day after I bought it. And, uh, ooh, boy, was I mad because, well, um, I needed to play Rock Band as soon as possible. Fortunately, the gods of music and video games and music video games were looking kindly upon me because I got my 360 back in time to uh, play Rock Band at launch um, with friends. It was a really, really great time. Now, going back uh, in time, I'm going to cheat and do a, a, a second answer because... Hey, you know, I'm I'm here alone. There's nobody with me. <laughs> I just try. I have hijacked the mic. Um, I think a lot of anticipation kind of comes back to um, being a little kid and anticipating Christmas morning. Um, that's something that we can all kind of uh, empathize with. It's some. Uh, it's a. It's an emotional marker or a reference point that we can all kind of look back to as a, as a common shared experience. Um, and appropriately enough, kind of the first game that I really remember anticipating a lot uh, happened when I was a little kid, and that was uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Um, Sonic 2 came out, I think it was like in 1992, so I must have been like five? Yeah, five, that stands to reason, because I was born in, 80, in uh, 87. Um, that came out, and uh, I just remember being really, really excited about it, because I had my Genesis, obviously. Um, got it, I think, the year before, and... Uh, Oh man, the day that that came out, I had it marked down for my EGM or game fan or whatever. And I was harassing, uh, my mom and my stepdad about it. And, uh, I was being brought back from kindergarten or preschool. I can't really remember which one it was. Um, and I was like, Sonic two, Sonic two, can we go get Sonic two? <laughs> and, uh, um, my stepdad, he said, well, the, 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 they're all out. We didn't like the, 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 the trucks, they, they couldn't make it into Mansfield, which, which was where we were living at the time. So we're going to, you know, we're not going to be able to, um, to play it. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. And man, you can just imagine how heartbroken I was at that. And this kind of taps back into the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the cruel nature of a lot of, uh, Christmas mornings, uh, how, how, uh, your authority figures, people that you trust implicitly will, um, kind of dick you around. Um, they'll give you what you want, but they'll make you think you're not going to get it. It's, that's a power trip. I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll understand it when I have kids, if I have kids. Um, but I, I can't remember if I cried. I I was, I was kind of a little pussy, uh, when I, when I was little, kind of still am. So I probably did. Um, but we got back to the house and just, I was, you know, probably in a sulk or something like that. And, uh, um, I just remember being led upstairs, um, into the bedroom. You can, you can see where this is going, L- led upstairs into their bedroom. And they, and they said, Oh wait, well, what's this here in the, in the, in the dresser drawer. And they pulled out my copy of Sonic Two, the copy that I still own to this day. It's back up at my, at my house, uh, up in Mansfield, uh, uh, the copy of Sonic Two day one, I think they like, or, you know, ordered it from Sears or wherever you pre-ordered from, you know, GameStop was, uh, not around back then or, you know, Funko Land, EB, any of those. I think we had a video game exchange, but I, I don't know if that was a chain, but they pre-ordered one for, for myself and, uh, I think for, for my stepsisters as well. And, uh, man, that was, uh, that was, that was a good day. So that's my story about anticipating games. Um, I, <laughs> I can't remember what specifically I was looking forward to about Sonic 2, um, other than the fact that I really liked Sonic and it was more Sonic. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, thinking about that is a, is a pretty good time. So thank you, everybody, for um, writing in. I know this segment was a little bit different than we usually do. Um, but thanks for sticking around for that. Be sure to uh, stick around for the next show. We're going to be skipping Easter uh, week, but we'll be back then. Uh, oh, wait, I need to take a break, and we're going to queue up that Beastie Boys song, and then we're going to come back with the, with the housekeeping stuff. Okay, let's do the housekeeping stuff real quick. This has been Stan under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, a podcast about video games. Again, sorry about the call quality drop at the end there. That's just the nature of the beast. Uh, you know, fortunately, we are, were able to get the audio um, from most of it. 
But here we are. We'll be back probably in full force uh, next time. Uh, so what can you do? Well, you've already been to DontreeRiddle.com. If you haven't, I don't know how you got the show. Uh, but if you could do me a favor and go back there and um, find links to our iTunes listing, the best thing you can do is give us a review. We haven't had a review in a little while. So that would uh, that would be a huge, huge uh, feather in the cap, shot in the arm, whatever your metaphoric choice is. Um, if you went and did that, um, subscribe to us if this has kind of been a one-time download for you. Um, you know, the subscription is nice because it just puts it right in there for you. Um, didn't mean that to be as sexual as it was. Uh, <laughs> Other things you can do, you can follow us on Twitter. I, myself, I am at Don't Tree Riddle. Dennis is at D Furia. And Ben is, appropriate enough, at Berkalizer. Um, you can find all of those uh, and our most recent tweets in the sidebar of DontTreeRiddle.com. And if you're feeling generous, you can go to DontTreeRiddle.com slash donate. And you can find uh, our little PayPal button there that goes to help uh, buy new toys uh, for us, specifically to make the podcast sound better. And uh, it's, uh, it's it's generally a good time. Uh, if you don't if you don't you know want to do that, if you don't feel inclined, no sweat. Keep on listening. We'll make it for free. Uh, that is no problem at all. So uh, thanks again so much for listening. For Ben Merkel and Dennis Furia, this has been your host, Cole Ross, for DTR. And uh, be sure to tune in again next week.